Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. This is the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon, and I am joined this week by David Somerville. Dave, how are you doing? Mate, I am so exhausted from the NFL. Trying to keep up with the amount of news is exhausting and I think it was four days ago last time I slept. So yeah, it's the, been um very busy. It has. The last couple of weeks we've been like there's been no news. Nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. It's it's been dead quiet. We're trying to stretch the news out, you know, just to fill up minutes. And then it turns out that they were saving it all up for this week. It has been ridiculous. Now, obviously as we know training camp started. Many teams, uh, players are coming in, players are staying at home, players are signing contracts, players are getting injured, players are not signing contracts, players are doing this, that and the next thing. It has been mayhem in the NFL. So Dave, we'll start off with the news. Um, I don't know where to start, so I'm going to leave it with you. What's been going on around the NFL this week? Well, so Sometimes, you know, it's careful what you wish for. And I think in this scenario, it's, you know, if you if you wanted news in the NFL, you, that's what you wrote on your Christmas list to Santa. You're going to knock out Santa at this point because we've been very spoiled in a case of just exhaustion spoiled, like I said. But um, we'll go through as much as we can. Um, go back to something we discussed before, um, that some of the rookies, the first round rookies, had not signed their, um, their rookie deals. Uh, 31 of the 32 have now signed. However, the Seahawks' Devin Witherspoon, who was fifth in the draft, has not signed, so he will not take to training camp just yet. Um, so, and we, we've had, uh, you know, uh, Bryce Young has signed, um, and um, Richardson with the Colts, he's all he's signed. They, their deals range from thirty-three to thirty-six million, uh, fully guaranteed. So, um, yeah, basically, the only one not signed so far is Devin Witherspoon. Now, I was under the apparently false uh, premise that they were all guaranteed a certain amount of money and it was set in stone what these amounts were. But if you've got a rookie holding out before he's even taken to the field, am I wrong? Cause I've never heard it. I've never heard of a rookie holding out before. No, I've, I've heard of, obviously we know that famous stories like Eli refusing to play for the chargers and traded mm-hmm. and John Elway refusing to play for the Colts back in the day. And, and so trades happen, but that was before, any of this. We, we've not heard of a, a rookie who gets drafted back in, what was it, April, beginning of April? Yep. Um, not hear anything until the end of July, and then all of a sudden he's not signed his rookie contract. Because it's... what happens in that situation? If he doesn't sign his contract, does he just not get paid? I mean... I mean, I don't think he, he doesn't take to the field anyway. Um, and so they're, they're I, not going to pay him. No, I mean, I mean, at at the moment, the Seahawks are on no obligation to pay him. Um, and I, I think look, looking at the figures, he's probably due about thirty two, uh, about thirty two million dollars. Which for someone of his age, he should be snapping it up, investing as much as he can in it, and that is you know focusing on playing so that he secures his future. I get the feeling with a lot that the agent power in the league right now is ridiculous, and we've seen it in the last few years how much agent agent power uh, holds. It's not even player power anymore; it's the agents. Um, so it it could be a case that he's just received some bad advice. But um, yeah, it's it's one to look out for because I I, I anticipate 
in the next couple of weeks, something will get agreed um, because you don't want to be starting training camp off on the back foot. And I think he's in danger of doing that. If he doesn't sign something soon, we've seen over the years players that don't get a full training camp and, you know, they just don't perform for the rest of the year. They're already start at disadvantage, already kind of handicapped in it. They don't, they, they don't come good come, you know, week five, week six, whenever. They are constantly playing catch-up. So I'm, I'm worried if he doesn't sign something soon because training camp has started. And, I mean, it, it's got to be someone in his ear. I mean, you're right, it's got to be the agent or, or, or something because mm-hmm. it's not like you're... Oh, do you know what? Maybe he is already a multimillionaire. I don't know. Right, maybe he invested in crypto, and <laughs> you know he's got a hundred million in the bank. When you see players holding out, for I mean, we've been talking about holdouts all all this time, and we'll actually get onto that. One of the players who threatened to hold out, it's usually because they've been in the league, they've done it, they're looking for the big payday, but they've already got millions of dollars, so they can afford to hold out. Mm-hmm. A rookie not signing his. Rookie con- Maybe it's the team. Maybe the team don't like something that they're seeing. And they're the ones putting it on hold. It's it's not impossible. Well, you could be biased in this, but since it's the Seahawks. <laughs> it's, I, that's true. Uh, no, but we are we are just assuming it's it's on the player. And as you yeah. said, you know, or or his agent slash family, whoever it is who's dealing with, with his contract. But it could be the team. I'm not saying like the team are being bad to the player, but it might be a case of, um, for all we know, they found something in his past or, or, you know, something that didn't come out pre-draft and they're like, you know, what's going on here? We're not going to hand over this money until this has been cleared up. This is pure speculation. Got no idea what it is, but the only one out of 32. He's the only one of... Yeah, wow. all, all the rest of them. All the, there was there was about what six maybe outstanding five or six last week. Um, the majority have done, have signed in the last couple of days, yeah. including Bryce Young. Um, so yeah, it's it's one to look out, one to watch with you know kind of one eye uh, just to see what developments happen. Um, but yeah, it's it to me it was a weird one that stood out uh, when I was looking through all the news this week. What what, what position does he play? He's a cornerback. Cornerback. See, cornerbacks are getting paid. See, if he was a running well, back, yes. he'd be taking that thirty million. I'll tell you right now. Uh, yes, uh, and uh, you know, speaking of cornerbacks that got paid, uh, Trayvon Diggs with the Cowboys, a new five-year, ninety-seven million dollar deal. Wow! And I was speaking to our resident college expert, Ewan McPhail, about it, and he all he did was start laughing, <laughs> and he's just like, "That's the most Cowboys contract I've ever seen." So, yeah, cornerbacks getting paid. Um, Trayvon Diggs is now a multi-millionaire, uh, and he, he got a very nice signing bonus with it as well. Yeah, Cowboys pulling some moves there. Um, other contract stories as well. Um, but uh, Buddha Baker is back in training camp with the Cardinals, so we yeah, we knew that he was going to be requesting a trade possibly, or he was holding out for a new contract. But he's kind of put that, calmed that down a bit, um, and he's now received between two point four and two point seven million dollars in bonuses for just attending training camp and declare himself available for the start of the year. So that's a pretty nice, that's not uh, profitable declaration. Yeah, yeah. Imagine I, saying, I, I, "I'm ready to go." There you go. There's two and a half million quid. 
Nice. I take I take one percent of that. If all, all I had to say was, "Here we go," <laughs> just, yeah, that's absolutely. Brilliant. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, now, there's a lot of players getting paid. A there's lot. A lot of players signing contracts. Now, there's two different teams, different actually three that I, that I want to touch on. Um, so we'll start over at the the New York Football Giants. Now, we touched on this two weeks ago and mm-hmm. again last week. And here we are again this week. Everyone's talking about the running backs. Uh, and as we know, last week they had a, a Zoom meeting was arranged. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was by Derek Henry. Uh, but, you know, like with all of the, I don't know if it was all the starting running backs in the NFL, but a, a certainly a huge bunch of them, including the yeah, likes Yeah, I of, think they were, they were all invited. Yeah, yeah. They were all invited to this. And uh, Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley, and I think Christian McCaffrey was on there, and Austin Eckler, yeah. and all these names that we've been hearing about, um, talking about why they are so undervalued in the NFL. Now, as we know, Saquon Barkley was in danger of being franchise tagged which we said was about 10.5 million, 11 million with the franchise tag. Yep, between, for, yeah, between 10.5 and 11, yeah. For, for a running back, it was give or take, it was around that figure. He signed a contract. He signed a one-year contract. Do you have the details of that contract there? I have, I have the broad, some broad details of it, that it was a one-year, $11 million contract with a $2 million signing bonus and a few hundred thousand in is incentives basically so which is he, ridiculous i i do you, do you think he just gave up i think so because I he was he was, he was talking so about the possibility of sitting out now that mm-hmm. you know it's let's make this clear he was talking about the possibility he didn't he did not say i'm going to sit out what he said was you know, uh, am I going to have to be that guy? Am I going to have to be the guy who sits out or, you know, do this in order to try and get a contract? He then signs a one-year contract that's like $1.5 million more than the franchise tag. And it's not all guaranteed either. And it's a one-year so, contract. Yeah. And do, and do you know what an even worse kicker is? He can be franchise tagged next year. I, <laughs> I, think, he's, I think he gave up. I, th- he, I think the, the Giants were just saying, we're not budging. And then in an absolute kick in the teeth to Saquon Barkley, the New York Giants signed another contract, a much larger contract than what Saquon Slightly larger, yeah. Um, Slightly larger you, for their left tackle, for their left tackle, which is Andrew Thomas, and he becomes one of the highest paid tackles in the league. So he signed a five-year $117.5 million contract with $67 million fully guaranteed. Uh, that's not even a kick yeah. in the teeth. That's been launched off a bridge at uh, this point for I mean, one. See, the, the, <laughs> the thing is, I, as again, and I, I know we keep talking about it, I get the value of a left tackle. Of course you do. Mm-hmm. You, absolutely if you've got that absolute cornerstone left tackle your team is going to be better so much better than if you don't um they also signed that the the defensive end um whose name i lost i had it there uh, same exactly <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and i had it in front of me and i've lost it 
to a monster deal. And as we know, pass rushers, they're going to get paid. We know this. The thing with the, the Giants and the Saquon thing, the one that makes them stand up more than any other, is that I guarantee you, week one, if Daniel Jones goes down injured and is out for the year, whoever they bring in a backup will be, if not as effective, 90% as effective as Daniel Jones. I'm convinced of this. And you won't convince me otherwise. If Saquon Barkley goes down week one and is out for the rest of the year, they will have a massive drop-off. Huge. Because he's mm-hmm. way more important. We saw it over, when, when he got his big injuries. Um, yeah. Was it a year, year two? Uh, two year two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. And, um, you know, the, the Giants... They were just non-existent. They were they were just a, they were a team not even competing. They were that that's the level of drop off they had. He comes back, boom, right in the mix for the playoffs. Yeah, right straight away. Well, that, they that's got the into the playoffs. One again. man makes. Yeah, exactly. They got into there the playoffs go. because of Saquon Barkley. No, I, I anyone would, I would who argue, says was sorry, sorry, Dave. Uh, no, I was just going to say I, I would argue. Let's see, I think um, was it a game abroad that the Giants were in? Were, were they abroad last year? They might have. I think. Been. I think they might have been because I remember around the time when uh, the international games were on the Giants. They were they were using him so well. He won that game for them. That uh, I was watching. I can't cannot remember for the life of me who they were playing. He won that game for them. They were kind of mediocre. Handed the ball off to him, eleven twelve yards. Throw to him, eleven twelve fifteen yards. Constant, constant, and it's not. Yeah, it's you know we, we talk about uh, Christian McCaffrey. He's one of the best yards after contact players. Saquon Barkley, just as good, if not better. Those are to me. Those are the two best uh, running backs, yards after contact. Maybe Nick Chubb as well. But and that's the importance. Yes, and Saquon, like Christian McCaffrey, is an excellent receiver, an excellent receiver to the backfield. In fact, in his rookie year, he like led the Giants with all catches. He had like 80 catches in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people forget, and I, I was actually reminded by this, I was listening to the, the Rich Eisen show, running backs block for the quarterback as well. Mm. They pick up the blitzers. They're the ones putting their own bodies on the line, just like tight ends do. Obviously not to the same extent as a blocking tight end or an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. But they protect the quarterback. It's so... I'm, I'm starting to go off again. I'm trying not to. Because there's way too many contracts to talk about. Bottom line is, Saquon should have got paid, didn't get paid, settled for $1 million and some change more than he would have got if he'd been franchise tagged. And now they can franchise tag him next year. I, I think up. he's totally shot himself in the foot here. Um... I don't know what's going on, but and then you know, over in, in Las Vegas with Josh Jacobs, they didn't even pick up his fifth year option uh, nope. initially. You know, and lead they, they the league and tagged him. Yeah, they, yeah, and they franchise tagged him, which franchise makes tag. zero sense whatsoever. You know, uh, but so, you're, you're yeah. paying players, certain players, two, three, four times, five times what running backs are getting played, as if the position doesn't matter. And I, I know. They talk about well, you know, teams run by committee these days, uh, yeah, or the and, ne- and next man up, kind next of man thing. up, using yeah. the Shanahan thing to plug him in, and he'll go for a thousand yards. But it's not just the yards; that is the receiving, that is the blocking, 
There's so much to the game that a, a good value running back can add on. And, you know, we mentioned that again last week. The one team that runs running schemes better than anyone is, unfortunately for you, Dave, the 49ers. And what do they do? They sign up bucket load of money and draft picks for a guy that they think he can improve our team. They go all the way to the NFC Championship game with a seventh round quarterback. Now, taking nothing away from Brock Purdy, you know, I like the, the hype train. We will talk about him next week. Oh, hang on a second. Well, we- I can't get my hype train out. I know you can't hear that. It's so bizarre you can't hear that. Anyway, doesn't matter. We'll talk about that next week. Um, we're not going to talk about the Giants all the time because also... In New Jersey, sharing the same stadium, the New York Jets signed a contract. Why don't you tell us about the contract that was signed today by the New York Jets? Well, instead of someone being paid, it's someone getting cut and being paid. Uh, because we, uh, Aaron Rodgers' pocket over the next two years is going to be $35 million lighter. Because he signed a revised uh, two-year deal with the Jets. Uh, that will be $75 million fully guaranteed, but it's instead of $110 million guaranteed. Which, when you think about it, mm, that doesn't make sense for Rodgers. However, uh, he wants to win things. He's rich enough that he doesn't care about that money as much anymore. Um, and yet, basically, it gives the team much more room uh, and flexibility to get a couple more players in uh, and pay them as well. And Lo and behold, the exact same day of the announcement of Aaron Rodgers' new contract, Darwin Cook has flown in for a visit with the Jets. So it looks like the Jets are looking for another running back and Darwin Cook is very available. So that makes a lot of sense. Plus, maybe if they need one kind of one or two for depth, they need um, competition for the offensive line, for uh, anything really. They've got so much more space now on the salary cap. I think it's a great move by the Jets. It's, it's amazing, amazingly team-friendly. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, we at this point, we've given up thinking what Aaron Rodgers, or guessing what Aaron Rodgers is thinking, but the Dark Knight takes a hit for the Jets, and yeah, uh, possibly Dalvin Cook flying into the Jets. That would, um, that would be a very shrewd move by the Jets, getting Dalvin Cook. Would, if, they, yeah. if they agreed to this with Aaron Rodgers, say, listen, if you can take a peek, he might have offered. He might have said, you know, cut this, get Dalvin Cook over, because your other uh, running back, Reese Hall, is on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. You've got your your leading receiver was on a rookie contract. Uh, Wilson, yeah. Uh, uh, Wilson. Obviously, they brought in uh, Lazard and, and such and such. And such. Everyone from the Packers, yep. Your, your big-time cornerback is on a rookie contract. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, Sauce, yeah. They've got so much money available, and then... Their quarterback takes a $35 million cut. You bring in Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall at full strength? Wow. That's, that yeah. look very much like the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt backfield for the, for the Browns. One-two punch. Sucking yes. it to them. I also, I also think this uh, it proves that the AFC East is looking like what um, the AFC West was looking like preseason last year, where you just have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I, I, I mean, you, you got you get an idea that it's going to be it, the Bills are going to be heavy favourites, but the Dolphins and the Jets are really pushing now. And well, we're not we we don't know what Patriots what's going to happen with them whatsoever. 
But um, yeah, now, that's it's you, hot up. You mentioned the AFC West there. Just before we talk about the final contract that I wanted to talk about, because you know there's so many contracts, which is just ridiculous. Uh, talking about the AFC West, Sean Payton, the Broncos' <laughs> new coach. I don't know if you saw this at all. But um, I know where this is going. He was doing an interview with USA Today. And he said, everything I heard last season, about last season, we're doing the opposite. He name dropped Nathaniel Hackett, which I have never heard another coach do. He That's said, what I was thinking. He says, there's so much dirt around, 20 dirty hands, what was allowed, tolerated in the... Um, expletive training rooms, meeting rooms, offense. I don't know Hackett, he said. A lot of people are dirt in hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip this BS that he hit a wall. He said, shoot, they couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. Now, I've never heard a coach come in and name another coach, apart from saying something like, he's a great coach. You just don't do it. You're, it's supposed you don't to be do that it. kind of solid solidarity. I think maybe Peyton has been hearing all these things about people saying that Russell Wilson doesn't have it anymore. Russell Wilson is washed. Peyton's made a mistake coming to Denver. And I think he's like, do you know what? Sick of it. And saying, it's not Russell Wilson's fault. Did you watch last year? It was horrendous from start to finish. And, and he's right. He's, he's right. Uh, so yeah, Sean Payton. I'm 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 totally endeared myself to Sean Payton now. I'm all in on Sean Payton. You're all in. Yeah. All in. I, I don't I don't blame you whatsoever. I think Jake would Jake would agree with you as well. I think he, he he's going to be sorely missed in uh, New Orleans uh, I, this year. You know, coming back into the league. Yeah, I think so. Um, now there is another contract, Dave, which we have to it's talk a about. Big one. It's a big and one. It's a big one. Mm. Over in Los Angeles. Sharing a stadium with your Rams, what did the Los Angeles Chargers do this past day and a half? Well, the Rams' uh, ugly relative uh, in the LA Chargers, uh, they decided to... The team that lives under the (laughs) stairs. Pretty much. They're kind of like the Harry Potter of LA. They're the cupboard under the stairs team that we don't talk about, the embarrassing relative. They have pretty much turned the... Quarterback market, again, uh, up another notch. Because Justin Herbert has been paid. And he now has a five-year deal worth $262.5 million with $218 million guaranteed. Wow. $262 million. Over five years. Over five years. Yep. And it is... Uh, it basically makes him the highest paid quarterback uh, in the league. What is that? 52? Uh, I, I mean, uh, 50, uh, yeah, 52 and a half a year? If it averages 52 and a half a year, and I think the majority of it is up front as well. So Justin Herbert can put his feet up. He can, re- he can retire to a beach. Just, I mean, there's plenty in LA. He can just go, go out his back door. He doesn't, he doesn't need to play this year. That's absolutely fine. I think he does. Yeah, he wants to get some of the money, you know. 
He's, he's got guaranteed. It's guaranteed. But yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, he, you know, they, these guys, they they want to, they they know the money's going to be there, but they want a legacy as well. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to want something other than money to be that driven uh, in, in the NFL. So good for Justin Herbert. Uh, I th- I think it especially he's got he's got good wide receivers uh, in he's LA. got excellent wide receivers he does but they also come with huge salary cap hits so for the future this year I think is a make or break year because those wide receivers are not going to get paid the exact same again uh, so you know you got Williams you got uh, Keenan Allen these guys are on huge contracts some of the biggest in um, in the wide receiver market in the entire league. So for this yeah, this one year, yeah, they look stacked at wide receiver. They look stacked at targets for Justin Herbert. After this year, I'm not so sure, but there's still a year. They can work something out. They can see what the state of the market is. They can see who's available. This year, though, I think Herbert needs to kind of come on a bit, justify his contract, and he's got all the weapons. Once all these weapons are fit, they need to be targeting for – they need to be pushing the Chiefs. I would go as far to say because the, the it, money talks, and you know Justin Herbert is the highest earner in, quarter, in the quarterbacks this yeah. year. So you, it's you got to talk. You don't pay fifty-two and a half million dollars a year to someone to finish in third place in your division. Exactly. You don't. Yeah. They they're looking to win this division. That's what they want. Um, but they are looking. You know, they they want to tie him up. He's the next uh, Philip Rivers, as far as they're concerned. Mm-hmm. He's the, he's the next franchise quarterback. You want him there for the next decade. That's what you want. Um, so good for Justin Herbert. That's a big contract. It's very good for Justin Herbert. But we, I do have a little bit of news also uh, with another quarterback, and that's the Lions are hosting Teddy Bridgewater uh, for a workout. So that you know, I, th- I think everyone seems to have a little soft spot for Teddy B. Um, so you know, he's, he's, he did nothing wrong. He was the best. He's, he's widely regarded as the best, one of the best teammates in the league. So. Uh, the Lions decide to take him on. That, that would be a pretty uh, positive thing for him. I, I wish him the best as well. I'm, he's a former Bronco. He is. And we said this, I can't remember if it was last year or whenever, he'll never be out of work. Teddy Bridgewater will never be out of work. If if they drop him in preseason, he'll sign with another team like that. Yeah. He will. 100%. And I think that that's what the thinking is here. Yeah, because he's a, a great a veteran um as you say, great teammate, great in the locker room, and he can play. He can come off mm-hmm. the bench and win you games. Let's not forget that when he was with the Broncos, he had them at 3-0 and and then he got injured. Yes. I mean, yeah. and you can argue, oh, I was against the, I think it was the the um, Jets and the Giants at the time, or whatever it was. Yeah, but he was 3-0, and and then he got mm-hmm. injured, and then he tried to come back from the injury too early, got injured again, and it didn't work out from him in Denver. I really liked Teddy Bridgewater. I really, really liked him. So, um, fair play to him. Whatever well, he goes. It's, it's, I mean, it's following on from what we're saying about Justin Herbert's contract, because how did Justin Herbert come into the league? Teddy Bridgewater got a punctured lung and in stepped uh, Justin Herbert and I thought that was the rest Tyrod of Taylor. history. Is that Tyrod Taylor? Is it not Tyrod Taylor who keeps getting injured and people keep coming in behind him? I think between him and Teddy B, I think they've both been just as bad as each other with injuries and, yeah. you know, starting jobs. So, I, I mean, the pair of them, I think, I mean, Teddy B, you know, former Bronco, 
I think he's been he's been around so many teams. No, the Vikings, none of them seems to have a bad the, word to say the, about him. Yeah, the Dolphins last year. And... Yeah, he was at the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, and then injury again. It's just injuries after injury. So I feel bad for him, but you know, at the same time, I hope he does get even if it's just a backup position. He's, it's going to be a backup position if he does get any kind of contracts. But you know, I wish him all the best. But um, yeah, moving on, just a few quick ones as well. The Raiders have signed Marcus Peters. Uh, veteran cornerback, so that could be an interesting one there for the AFC West again. Um, the Giants also signed Cole Beasley. I know we don't have to talk about the Giants, but um, Cole Beasley from the Bills, who I think was very underrated uh, and you know played an important part in the Bills' last couple seasons, so that's another interesting one. I would say a weapon for Daniel Jones, but I mean, Daniel Jones is a weapon. Uh, for very different reasons. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that word means uh, something totally different in Scotland. In Scotland, it, it yes, really it does. does. But uh, moving very swiftly on, um, the Ravens all have also signed another former Bronco. Melvin Gordon has arrived in Baltimore. Uh, and, I mean, I, w- I wish them luck because what we saw Melvin Gordon, I don't think it was all his fault, but what we saw Melvin Gordon was not ideal uh, last year by far. It's the fumbles. The, yeah, the talent is there. The he he can he can make guys miss, and he can outrun guys, and he can receive, and he can block, but he fumbles so he many. T- and it's not that he fumbles like a hundred times in a season. He might only fumble five times, but all five are when you're on the opponent's goal line. It's like every. Yeah. It, that's what it feels like. Like every time you get a big play and first and five, he fumbles and gets returned for a touchdown. It just. It just felt like that. The past couple of years with Melvin Gordon have been painful to watch from a Broncos point of view. Just painful. And you think, what is happening with this guy? And I think there was one game. Uh, it was a game against Las Vegas. I think it was in Las Vegas. I'm trying to remember now. And I was watching the game. I was in Glasgow uh, visiting my brother and we were watching the game. And they, they, they had a couple of nice runs. And then, mm-hmm. they, you know, they're, they're doing well, moving the ball. And then my brother, I swear to this, I'm not making this up. My brother turns to me and says, they're running the ball well. Let's just hope Gordon doesn't fumble. And within two or three plays, he fumbles and it's returned for a touchdown. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, what's going on here? And and it happened so many times with Melvin Gordon. I, yeah. I, I gave up on him last year. I really did. I gave mm-hmm. up on Melvin Gordon. And every, t- every time he touched the ball, I was thinking, please don't fumble. Please don't fumble. Just don't fumble. That is not what you want to be thinking about yet. No. You're, you're starting running back. When Latavius Murray came in, because remember, Javonte Williams was the, the, the running back for the Broncos. Although they kept yep. using Melvin Gordon when Williams was averaging six yards a carry. And I never understood that. And then he would fumble and the Broncos would lose the game. Uh, but when Williams went down injured, the running game disappeared for the Broncos. And then Latavius Murray came in uh, from the Saints, I think it was. And yep. looked great because he didn't fumble. And that's that's the difference. He looked so much better than Melvin Gordon, not because he's a much better runner or receiver or blocker. It's because he didn't fumble. All security. It's it's one, It's probably the most important aspect of a running back. Games that are won um, and lost in turnovers. Exactly. But I do I, have I, some positive news for the Broncos, though. Exactly, yeah, because Javonte Williams is not going to be on any kind of uh, injured list. So he is in training camp, 
uh, after a much more positive recovery from injury than was expected. So he's in line and a potential to start week one for the Broncos. I so that is massive good news. Delighted. Javonte Williams is one of the most exciting young runners in the NFL. Can't wait to see him back. Yeah, it'd be well, well overdue. Uh, just a couple other ones. Um, the Saints have made a signing as well. A one-year deal for Jimmy Graham. Tight, the, the veteran tight end. Uh, just a bit of depth there for the Saints, I think. But, you know, uh, welcome home, Jimmy Graham, I think. Um, I think the some a lot of Saints fans are very 50-50 about it. Because, you know, they love Jimmy Graham. Uh, they, you know, they love what he's achieved before. Is he still got it? And also, is this, it's a bit, he's a veteran that it's a questionable decision because I think they, they want some more future signings. And um, I don't know whether Jimmy Graham still got it. Maybe he's probably past the peak of his career, obviously. But if he can do a job for them, I don't see the problem with it whatsoever. I'll tell you my take on Jimmy Graham. Mm. We know he was a world beater uh, when he was with the Saints. Yeah. But unfortunately for Jimmy Graham, it turned out that a lot of that had to do with Drew Brees. Because when he went to Seattle, I want to say it was Seattle first. I know he also went to... um, uh, where did he go? Did he go to Chicago as well? But he went to Seattle. Yes, yes. And his production plummeted. Because yes. they don't use tight ends the way the Saints were using tight ends. The way Sean Payton was drawing it up to use tight ends. And Jimmy Graham was the perfect tight end. Big, huge, tall guy. Jump ball, 6'6", six, six or whatever he is. Big jump balls and constantly, you know, loads of touchdowns, loads of catches, loads of yards. Uh, went to Seattle and it just died of death it just vanished off the face of the earth i was actually surprised when i saw this because i thought he'd retired yes so did i i i, I thought exactly the same but apparently he's back in new orleans but um, actually actually do you know what i think you might want to fact check this was his final catch with the bears a touchdown in the superdome from mitch trubisky i think it was remember that game it was it one of the nickelodeon ones and he, they were losing like 35 to nothing. And then he got a pass on the final play of the game. And it was 35 to 7 or whatever it was. I'm sure that was Jimmy Graham. Sure it was. I could be wrong. Oh. I'm look that I mean, it's, it's, ring, it's ringing some, I'm sure some it bells. Um, um, so it might actually have been in New Orleans. So uh, I'll be able to say, I don't think that he'll be the same. Obviously, because, you know, he is a bit older. He, he lost a half a step. Um, but I think he was... Clearly a product of a very good system with a Hall of Fame quarterback uh, that really sort of emphasized his numbers somewhat. Um, much in the way we've seen with a lot of players, you know, an yeah. awful oh, lot of absolutely. players. And we, we see all the time, like it's like with the receivers in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. We yep. see time I, and time I again more. that guys who are good are elevated to look very good when you've got someone like Patrick Mahomes. Um, or, you know, the, the perfect, um, the actual perfect comparison for this the Jimmy Graham thing is, uh, I brought it up before, Julius Thomas, when he was with the Broncos. 2013. Pro bowler. Uncoverable. Mm-hmm. Unstoppable. 
and then gets a big PD to go to Jacksonville and vanishes off the face of the earth. Because they didn't have Peyton Manning throwing him the ball. And Peyton Manning made a lot of guys look good. I think Drew Brees did exactly the same thing. He made a lot of wide receivers and tight ends look very, very good indeed because of how good he was. Um, so, yeah. Now, speaking, actually, speaking of the, the, the Bears, because I did see Jim McCain play for the Bears, they signed a tight end too. Guy we mentioned last hey. week. Yeah. Uh, and do you know what? I think that this was actually one of the quietest deals because the Bears are flying under the radar at this point. They got most of their deals done early, if I remember rightly, uh, because I haven't heard of them or from them, I should say, um, for, I'd say, a few weeks. Have you? I mean, have you got the details in front of you? Bear with me, and I will bring them up here because I did have them in front of me. Yep, got it here in front of me. Um, Titan Cold Commit agrees to a four-year, $50 million contract extension with $32 million guaranteed. That's more than most running backs. Uh, I guess more than any running backs. Um, it is pretty, pretty much, now, yeah. We, we mentioned Cold Commit last year because... Um, last year. God. Last week, by any chance? Last week. We okay. mentioned Cole Komet last week when Brian McGrath was on, talking about the Bears, uh-huh. and how he's, you know, he's a very vi- valuable part of that offense. Um, great tight end. The fans there love him. We all think he's really good. And then the, the Bears totally justified our viewpoint by signing him to this, this uh, deal. Four years, 50 million. That's to say 32 million guaranteed. That is some nice money for Cole Komet. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been one of Justin Fields' favorite targets. Uh, Fifty catches for five hundred and forty-four yards and seven touchdowns last season. So, um, I so think he, the Bears he, he got paid basically a million dollars per catch for last year. So I'd he take got that. Caught fifty passes. We'll give you a fifty million dollar contract. Yep. Not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad whatsoever. But your Michael it? Thomas is over there in New Orleans going, "Hey, can we do that with me?" Right. <laughs> well, can we do that with me. I mean, but. Michael Thomas has already got a pretty big contract as it is, considering what his output output has been. Um, but yeah, I mean, moving on, we're just about done through the news. We just have a couple more. We've got um, two players that are considering holding out. Uh, first one is Chris Jones of the Chiefs because he's seeking a contract extension and he's not happy about the present situation. So he's considering holding out, which to me is a bit of a shock because Chris Jones, I mean, he's one of the best in the league. Obviously, he's going to be paid as one of the best in the league, but he wants it now done and dusted. So that's an interesting development. I did not see that one coming. Hmm, no. Neither did I. And preseason is two weeks away. It is. So, but, you know, one that's going to be even more, uh, I'd say, worrying for their fan base is that the Nick Bosa, whose fifth-year option is uh, worth a $17.9 million dollars, is most likely got set to hold out until his, co- his new contract is I'm, resolved. If, I, if I'm a 49ers fan, I'm not worried about that. He'll sign. He'll sign. They will I, pay him. There's no way. There's no way they do not pay Nick Bosa. It's, but the problem is they've got a lot of guys that either uh, that are about to be paid or about to have massive salary cap hits, especially on that defense. We know how good the defense is. So, you know, players like Frank Warner, uh, Nick Bosa, they're all, you know, all these players I hate. Uh, they're all they're all about to get paid. But 
they've got to do it in a team-friendly way. And I think at the moment, the 49ers just are a bit, you know, they've been a bit stingy with it. But Nick Bosa is one of the best, he's one of the best edge players in the league, without question. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I he won Defensive did. Player of the Year. Yeah, but, and it wasn't even close, to no. be honest, last I'll, year. Although, so, you know, I, was, I have to admit, I thought Reddick over in Philadelphia... He did, yes. Reddick he was a, he did, was a uh, monster. He, I, it's not so much the fact that Bosa won it. It's a fact that he absolutely, like, almost unanimously won it. And I thought that's a, a bit strange. Um, yeah, but I, I think, you know, you, you mentioned it. They've got a lot of money invested in the defense, but they're not paying a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that's, that's both freelance and Brock Purdy are on rookie deals. And Brock Purdy's rookie deal is like 40 quid. So, you know, it was a seventh round draft pick. Yeah. So they're not paying that. They got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's gone. His contract's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they paid Debo. They paid yeah. a lot of money for Christian McCaffrey. But the, the, most of the money is in the defense. I'm, sh- I'm sure they, they will work out a way to pay Nick Bosa and keep him there. Big, honestly, yeah. this time next week, five-year contract. 150 million. Uh, yeah, I mean, you expect it, but at the same time, I yeah. wasn't expecting him to hold out, uh, which is apparently looking very likely now. So I don't think it's even necessary. The 49ers are going to pay him. Yeah. Uh, so it's. I think the holdout is a bit unnecessary. But um, moving on very quickly, Jalen Ramsey carried off with a knee injury while marking Tyreek Hill uh, while, while you know uh, covering him, which, I mean, happened to probably most cornerbacks in the league. Uh, at this stage that they've gone down with an injury after uh, Tyree Kill's been the target. Um, there's no news whatsoever on him right now, as of yet. So uh, he was carted off. He was in a lot of pain as well, apparently. So let's hope let, let, let's hope he recovers. Maybe not immediately, but uh, you know, he recovers as soon as as quickly as possible. Yeah, terrible <laughs> man. Nope, I'm not bit I'm not bitter whatsoever. Obviously we don't like to see players getting injured that's that's not no. something we like to even hear about at all but I, I mean i did notice that um the the guy from the lions gardner johnson cg uh, i can never remember oh, cg uh, oh, uh, gardner johnson cg uh, gardner yeah. johnson is that right yeah well, the guy's got like yeah, four C- names what's going on here um like he he got carted off and he mm-hmm. looked like he was in tears he was really upset and turns out he's day-to-day so i mean well, he stubbed his toe. Uh, yeah, the scan, the scan I, I think the scan revealed it was day to day. So that that's a, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's a, that's a massive positive. Um, however, we have one other player that is out for the entirety of 2023 in Naheem Hines. Uh, now, Naheem Hines was on his uh, preseason break and he, he was on a jet ski, just sat minding his own business when he was struck by another jet ski which uh, landed him in hospital. He was needing surgery. It was non-life-threatening injuries, but he has a torn ACL and will be out for at least the whole of 2023. Now, So I that is this. something you don't want. The, yeah, that, that, it's a horrible thing. That, that, that's a horrible freak accident kind of thing. And, you know, it's an athlete and it's, a, it's ACL. That You just can't write, you know, luck like that. So I, I feel bad for Naheem Hines there. And of course, did he was he not uh, traded last year, if I remember, to the Bills? So was, it, was uh, it the Colts that he was at? I, th- I think it was the Colts that he was at previously yeah. before going to the Bills. Now, um, his big problem is now that because that's a non-football-related injury, the Bills don't need to pay him. Mm-hmm. It's, 
I mean, I don't know the ins and outs, the, act, the exacts of the contract, but they always have these things. If you go off and you're out mountain climbing and you fall down a hill and break your leg, we're not paying you. You need to look after yourself. They, mm-hmm. they have these things in place. Um, he might not get paid. So he'll be quite annoyed about that. Yeah, but that, that's a, I mean, it's also, it also opens the door on. up for legal he's, action. So he's on a jet ski and then another jet ski hits him and he tears his ACL. That sounds a bit fishy to me. You're not telling me that doesn't sound fishy to you. You're AC of all things. It's not like you, you know, you know, or you've got a grease on your shin or you've got a big thigh bruise or all that. You're AC. It just happens to be an ACL. I'm very, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not buying it. Not buying it, Ian. Okay. If, you're, if you're listening, so if he's, oh, I'm not buying it. Of course he's listening. He's, he's not got any preseason yeah. to go to, so, so of course he's listening. Naeem, if you're, you are listening, I'm not buying it. Come clean what really happened. I, I bet you he was driving the jet ski and hit a pier. I was so embarrassed. And he was like, oh, I can't believe I hit a pier. Uh, I better say someone else blindsided me on a jet ski. And I <laughs> tore my ACL. Like, what? 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 I'm not buying it. ACL. No. If a running back gets blindsided while on a jet ski, what hope has he got on the field? When, when you've got loads of players coming on your blind but side. But if he's no just choice. sitting there, you tell me you couldn't see a jet ski coming because they're, they're pretty noisy things. If you've ever been on a jet ski or around a jet ski, it's not like they're silent. They're, they're pretty noisy. I mean, they are, but I also I also know that if you've got a few drinks in you, you don't notice everything that's going on around you. you well, see, you now that's you know, the thing. If he was up. if he was drinking and jet skiing, then that's on him again. So is that what? A, a, is that a DUJ drinking under jet ski? <laughs> uh, no, no, that would be a JUI jet a skiing J-U-I. under the influence. Jet ski under the influence. The, the D nice. when DUI stands for driving. Not drinking. I just, uh, just drinking under the influence. <laughs> drinking yeah, under okay. the influence. You, you, it sounds, it sounds like every Friday night here on the NFL show. My goodness. Well, um, no comment. Finally, with the Bills, though. Right, the Bills. Damar Hamlin is a full go at training camp. Massive news. That's brilliant news. And Love that, to you know, hear. That, that kind of, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you know, you got, um, what, what happened with him last year? We were gutted. You know, we we don't we don't want to see that on our, on our screens whatsoever, uh, and it was poetic. I think it was, was it not Naheem Hines the first game. You know, first game back, he came and returned. Did he not return that touch that was kickoff that, or touch? Do you know what? I think it was Hines who took the, the yeah. kickoff. I think it was. Yeah, and, he, and you know that that was the very next very next game, wasn't it? That he did that. So you know, I, I, it's, it's obviously it's it's one of these kind of stories that no one would believe if you made it up. No, that's so true. I think that that that's an interesting one. But the just final two things: uh, Dan Snyder has been fined sixty million dollars after an investigation into misconduct and financial irregularity allegations. Uh, obviously, the Commanders uh, now have a new owner, which is a group led by Josh Harris. Uh, he was unanimously voted in by the NFL owners, so that. Commanders can finally move on. Also, questions whether they'll be still be the commanders after this year. So that's our TBC. Wild hogs, wild hogs, oh, wild hogs. I want it. Just, I want the wild I, hogs. I, I I think that's going to be pretty low down the pro, the probabilities for what's Why? Washington's going to it's be. A little bit of alliteration. Who doesn't love alliteration? That that's going to be great. 
That's going to be great. And they've already got the hogs costumes and everything. They've already got it. It's already it's 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 begging to be done. Don't it's look at me like that, Dave. You know I'm right. Uh, it, it, uh, so Dan Snyder got fined ten trillion dollars for being a horrible 60 man. Sixty million. He sold the commanders for six billion, and they fined him sixty million. So one percent of the sale, he's going to have to pay in fines. Six. Uh, yes. Billion. So actually, well, actually, to be exact, it was six point zero six billion. Oh, so, so see that zero six. Exactly. That's going back to the NFL's is fine. Oh, what a go. joke, man! The, the rich just don't care, do they? It's a but, different. Um, it's a different. It's 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 a different planet. You know, it's, it's not even a, a different way of life. World. It's yes. like a different. Oh, you couldn't. What was Aladdin, Aladdin warned us a whole new world? Yes, exactly. Where did that come from? You've been watching Aladdin uh, recently. The the depths of Washington, I think, came from. There's a whole host of weird things down there. Aladdin plucked up for this one. Aladdin Snyder. Aladdin Snyder, right. You know what? Just take yourself out and just give yourself a wee don't there. Just get back to reality. But the last bit of news is a retirement in the league. Hmm. The ninth pick overall in the 2017 draft. John Ross, a wide receiver by the, who was picked by the Bengals, uh, he has retired at the age of 27. Now, why do I bring this up? Because he holds the record for the fastest 40-yard dash in the combine at 4.22 seconds. Well, that's pretty fast. And he is now retired. That's very fast. He was with the Chiefs, but I think he saw his name falling down the pecking order, possibly even not becoming uh, any kind of special teamer had enough and he's decided to hang up hang up his gloves hang up his boots and yeah i wish him all the best for the future fair enough fair enough but he's a record holder he is and he's a 27 what did you say 27 uh 2017 ninth overall pick oh sorry 20 2017 mm. a ninth he's only been in the league for five six years yeah but you know what he's a multi-millionaire he's not even 30 years old he'll be fine it's, it's gonna be fine. Let's not let's not shed any tears for him. Is all I'm saying. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I agree. With you. Uh, but yeah, no fair play. Retiring. Good for you. Go and enjoy your enjoy your money. Enjoy your life. Go and don't go jet skiing with Naeem <laughs> Hines. That guy's dangerous. <laughs> that's all I can say. Oh wow. Yeah. Anyway, Dave. We now come to the main part of our podcast. It's kind of the reason we do this podcast was for this mm-hmm. bit. That has taken Not us the news. Yes. fifty minutes to get into, uh, but yeah. you know, we you know, fair warning. We we did we did warn people there was loads of news this week. So uh, we come to our NFC South deep dive. Now, some people might be saying, "Well, hang on a second. One of one one of your members is an NFC South fan, and where is he? Where is Jake McGee? Well, Jake McGee um, has moved house recently, and um, as is." BTs or whoever it is, PlusNet, OpenReaches want. They uh, immediately disconnected his uh, house and it'll be another two to three weeks before he actually gets internet in his new house because that's the way they roll. Mm-hmm. If you say, I'm moving, oh, when are you moving? Oh, I'm moving on this day, right? We'll cut you off. I'm in my new place. When can I get my internet? Uh, three weeks. <laughs> it's like, it takes 10 seconds to turn you off and three weeks to turn you back on again. Um, 
um, no innuendos in that. I'm just saying. Right. So we come to an NFC South. Behave yourself. We come to our NFC South deep dive. Deep dive. Here we are in the NFC South. And of course, last year, Tampa Bay Buccaneers won with an eight and nine record. Pathetic. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the rest of the three teams were all tied at 7 and 10. Uh, the Panthers finished second, a virtual tiebreak. Then the Saints third and the Atlanta Falcons bringing up the rear. Now, we start, of course, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They actually had the worst points differential in the entire division. Minus 45. Uh, mostly because of that defense. But that, that offense was pretty pretty pedestrian um mm-hmm. they were of course seriously hampered by some terrible quarterback play all year it was horrendous it was the worst because they had the worst quarterback in the entire league last year luckily he's retired he's gone um and they've signed they've brought in baker mayfield uh so dave what did you make of the tampa bay buccaneers last year what are you expecting from them this year because uh, their main the engine uh, on offense, Leonard Fournette, he did not have a great last uh, year last year either. Um, and they just, everything dropped off. It seemed like, you know, from that Super Bowl winning season that they had, the entire thing just got steadily worse and worse and worse. And it completely bottomed out last year. What do you think? Do you think they can sort of resurrect it this year in 2023? No. There we go. Thank you. you that. So that was oh. a Tampa Bay bucket. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I don't don't worry. I will I will get to you. But like some of their games, and they started the season too. I know they had that um, big win over the Cowboys in Week One, mm-hmm. uh, and then they beat the Saints. But then it was you know like lost two, one one, lost three, one two, lost one, one lost two, and it just they never got anything good. They did make the wild card by virtue of the fact that they they won the division. Um, in which they got absolutely blown out by the Cowboys, despite Jeff Maher missing 41 extra points, or whatever it was. It was a lot. Anyway, by the way, the Broncos had, had Jeff Maher kicking for them. What's that all about? The man couldn't hit an extra point. Ridiculous. Anyway, and by the by, so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, yeah, they really didn't look good last year, Dave. Do you think they've got... Any chance? How do you feel about Bacon Mayfield coming in? Will he be able to sort of turn it around? Because they've still got some great weapons on offense. Uh, they do, um, but I would replace your word "great" with "good" in, uh, because I, I think Baker. I, I because of what happened last year, I will always have a soft spot for Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know that this the, one of the worst seasons in the last I, I don't know however many years for the Rams and Baker just illuminated the entire year with that one drive to beat the Raiders. It was just incredible. Um, but they, they've signed him to a one-year, $4 million deal. But because of bringing back Tom Brady for the last couple of years, they're now paying a heavy price for it because they're going into this year with $74 million in dead cap space. So Ouch. that's a really sore one. Um, there was a quote from the Buccaneers uh, GM uh, Jason Licht, who said uh, this was part of the plan going back to 2020 when we signed Tom Brady that at some point we're going to have to pay our bills and this is exactly what they're going to have to do now um, part but, you of know, the they, plan they, was to have 75 it, million in dead cap money 
I think I th- okay. I think that that's exaggerated. That it, it, oh, I don't no, think I, yeah, I, I see his amount, point, but, but you yeah. know, I get where he's coming from. But that was a ridiculous thing to see. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they do still have like, like you said, they've got really good players. They've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are still there. I mean, um, Mike Evans, a perennial All Pro wide receiver, he's one of the best oh, in absolutely. the entire league. But I think they've also got two of the most underrated linebackers in the entire league in Devin White and Levante David. Now, De- Devin White's fantastic. Brilliant. I, I still think he's brilliant. Uh, I, I think they, they have the players. It's just the team. I, I think they're... I, I mean, last year, I t- it was just bad thing after bad thing kept happening. I think they were trying to use Tom Brady so much, but there's only so much that I... A 74-year-old man or however old he is. Steady on, it's the same age as me. Okay, so he's 60, all right. Okay. Oh, wow. So uh, the, oh, um, That hurt more than the Bucks <laughs> dead cap money. Well, yeah, I, well, I mean, maybe. But the, last year, they got off to a really good start, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were 2-0. Yep. Um, but the thing is, though, they didn't have a winner more than six points in the rest of the season. That's not an ideal thing to either. They, you know... I mean, a few days a few days after the the kind of Bucks uh, Cowboys game, the whole the whole coaching staff was purged, you know, um, and that included Byron Leftwich, who had struck up a pretty good partnership with Tom Brady. You know, they were playing it, when Brady was in his prime. Byron Leftwich was in the league and in his prime as a, as quarterback of the Jaguars. So they had a really good relationship. You know, Byron Leftwich he was establishing himself as a potential future head coach, but. Buccaneers cleared house, and I well, I think this year we'll find out whether the decision was right or not. Um, but I think it, is Kyle Trask is he still going to be there? Is he still got a contract? Yeah, the the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's still um, he's still throwing. He was throwing at a training camp today, along with Baker Mayfield. So I, I would I would give it to week six, week seven before we see Kyle Trask. Do you really think I, I, Mayfield's not gonna? I, 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 I think he'll stick it out. I do. I, I think I think Mayfield will probably last the year. Unless, but of course, so? everything being equal, batting injuries. I, I do. I I think the fact that he's got a full off season with this team, I think he'll do well. I still think Mayfield is, is a talented quarterback. I think he's got more to offer than guys like, um, no offense, Sam Darnold. You know, I, 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 I don't trust Sam Darnold. When the, the Niners picked nope. him up, I was like, I don't trust that at all. Um, I think he's got more potential than Daniel Jones. I, I think he's um, a, a very good quarterback or, or has the mm-hmm. potential to be a very good yeah. quarterback. I think he needs to clean up some of his mistakes. Um, but, you know, let's not forget, he turned the Browns franchise around almost single-handedly. You know, he really did. The The... the the jump in quarterback play from before Baker Mayfield being there to him being there was night and day. Um, I'd be interested to see what he does with the Buccaneers. I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if Trask starts batting an injury, but we'll see. We'll see. Now, uh, we move on to our next team, Dave, in the uh, NFC South. And it is, of course, the Carolina Panthers, who previously had Baker Mayfield on their squad. <laughs> <laughs> he gets around this guy, Bacon Mayfield. Um, now, obviously, we know the Panthers, they were 7-10 and 10 last year. Points differential of minus 27. Um, again, the, their their defense, they added a lot of points. 374 points allowed. It's the second most in the division. Um, offensively, they were pretty good. 
they did the deal with Chicago for the draft. And mm-hmm. they gave up DJ Moore. And we spoke about this last week. You gave up your absolute no argument number one wide receiver and some draft picks to move up in the draft. But what do you think of what they did with that with that pick? What do you make of Carolina? Where do you think they go uh, going forward into 2023? I can see them having the potential to be a kind of Jaguars-esque team. Now, when, when the Jaguars took Trevor Lawrence, that first year, he was, he was battered. It was a horrible introduction to the league. I think that that's a very big possibility to happen with Bryce Young. I, I genuinely think that that could be a thing. Um, who came out of that trade with the Bears? The Bears easily were, came out on top. I, I don't think there's any question about it. The Panthers gave up so, so much for that first pick. But the only thing I can think is that they are 100% convinced Bryce Young is a potential future MVP Hall of Famer. That's all I can see. They're the only reason they would give up so much. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know is, is the bottom line with the Panthers. I, I think this year they're, going, they're not going to be great. I, I think uh, this will be a year they see what they've got, they see what they're, they're going to line up for basically a push next year. And I think if you do that as a kind of two-year term, a, a two-year plan, um, I think that would be quite savvy from the Panthers. Instead of going all out this one year to, you know, finish with a an average record, you see what you've got this year. You use Bryce Young as that cornerstone for your offense and for your entire franchise next year. Do what the Jaguars did. They come. They came out flying in twenty twenty two and look. They got to the playoffs. The Panthers haven't done that for a while. I think well, it was Cat was Cam Newton not the last. Well, he was oh, a yeah, quarterback he, last time they did that. He, he will have been. Yeah. No. The the thing was that, so last year the Panthers um, they started off one and five and it wasn't mm. great and then they basically sort of went win loss win loss win loss win loss for the rest of the season but some of the, some of the results were utterly bizarre I mean they were bizarre they um, they lost to Cincinnati fine they then beat Atlanta no issues there lose to Baltimore beat the Broncos beat the Seahawks lost to the Steelers, beat the Lions, lost to the Bucks, beat the Saints. And that's how they closed out the season. It was it was a really backwards and forward season for them. Um, one thing they, they had some trouble with was running the ball. Um, and then all of a sudden, exploded. So against the Lions, they rushed for 320 yards in that game, in week 16 against the Lions. 320 but the week before that against Pittsburgh, they went for 21. So if you look at, I mean, the epitome of a hot and cold team was the, the Panthers. They, they looked abysmal one week, unstoppable the next. It was just, mm-hmm. it was a very strange season. I don't know what's going to happen to them this year. I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Panthers going into the season. They may be on the bottom of the division when it's all said and done. Um, yeah, it, w- I, it wouldn't surprise me either, to be honest. Yeah, and, and I, I hope that um, the, the, the the young guy, the quarterback, does well, um, but he might, as you said last week, it can take time. It can. Mm-hmm. Not not everyone can jump in and just explode right out of the gates. You know, it's very rare that that happens. Usually it takes 
half a season, a season, sometimes two seasons to actually get it going. Um, so we'll we'll wait and see what happens with the Panthers there. But moving on, Dave, we then come to our next team, and it is Jake's New Orleans Saints. Now, the New Orleans Saints also were 7 and 10. Points differential of minus 15, so they're getting better. The points differentials are coming down the farther down you go. It was utterly bizarre year last year in the NFC South. Um, so they were they were 7 and 10 as well. And the way their season went was it started off, it was terrible. They started off 1 and 4. Uh, they were two and six. They were three and eight, and they were four and ten. And then they started getting it good. Come week fifteen after the bye week, they beat the Falcons. They beat the Browns. They beat the Eagles, which I don't think many people saw coming in week seventeen. And they lost somehow to the Carolina Panthers, as we've already mentioned, um, in the, in the final one of the season to end end the season seven and ten. Now. The Saints quarterback play... In fact, this entire division has got new quarterbacks. The entire mm-hmm. NFC South has got new quarterbacks. You've got Baker Mayfield uh, over in Tampa Bay. You've got... I forgot his name again. Bryce Young. <laughs> Goodness, what's wrong with me? Uh, you've got Bryce Young uh, over in Carolina. And in New Orleans, they've brought in... The guy whose name I've now forgotten... Help you drive me. it. You drive it. A, a Derek Carr. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say a van. I was like, I drive a van. But I do also drive a car. <laughs> right, so, I was like, what? Yes. Sorry. So, they brought in Derek Carr. Um, now, when we spoke to Christian a few weeks ago doing the AFC West deep dive, mm-hmm. he hated Derek Carr. And he said, the Saints are going to rue this. This is the worst thing they've done. It's going to set them back for two, three years, whatever. I don't agree. I like Derek Carr, and I think Derek Carr will be an improvement on what they had last year and the year before. They've not been good, sort of rotating quarterbacks in and out there in New Orleans. I like Derek Carr. They've still got Alvin Kamara, although there is, you know, suspensions looming mm-hmm. for Alvin Kamara. They've still got some good receivers. They've still got a, a pretty good defense. I think the Saints can. It, I mean, let's face it, any team in this division is only two, three wins away from turning it around and winning, winning this division. Because I think they're all still very close. But I think the Saints have got a real shot. What do you make in New Orleans? I agree with Christian on Carr. I, I genuinely don't think he's going to be a success in Saints. I also do worry about um, Dennis Allen. Um, now, Dennis Allen, obviously, he was number two uh, to Sean Payton for so long, so that's, yeah, that's a pretty good apprenticeship to have. Um, but they went 7-10 and 10 last year, and, I, you know, um, he was Dennis Allen, he was at the Raider, Raiders in, tw- I think it was 2012-2014, uh, and his record at the Raiders in that time was 8-28, and 28, and he was 7-10 and 10 last year. So... He's never. I mean, he's 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 only won fifteen uh, out of a possible fifty three games in the NFL. This is not a great thing to hear for your head coach. Uh, last year, obviously, there were a lot of injuries for the Saints last year as well. I think that goes that pretty much goes without saying. But again, same as the Panthers, they were so hot and cold. It was it was ridiculous. You just you you couldn't you couldn't predict a game for the Saints. The thing that does stand out for me though is that the Saints were. 
the Saints and the Bucks were the two preseason favorites for the division, right? And the Bucks were very underwhelming. The Saints were pretty underwhelming most of the year. The Panthers and the Falcons both finished in seven and ten, as did the Saints. The Bucks were at one more game, were eight and nine, and got to the playoffs. This division's up for grabs, and the Saints. They've got some really good top players. But I think there's a few things hanging over them. For, for example, like you said, with Alvin Kamara, you've also got Dennis Allen, who's going to be under pressure. A, Sean Payton's back in the league. And B, this is his fourth year as a head coach. And he still hasn't had a winning season yet. Now, if you're bringing in De- uh, Derek Carr for huge money, this has got to be the year. I think Dennis Allen might not get a head coaching job in the league again if he does. If the Saints don't have at least a winning record this year, and to be honest, I'm seeing a, I'm I'm seeing a on the edge eight and nine, nine and eight type of year. Uh, so again, I'm worried for the Saints, but it's not done and dusted. And I, they have the pieces. It's just whether or not they can get their kind of the pawns across the board and convert them into queens uh, for the, on the old chessboard. Yeah, I mean, it is it is very difficult to sort of think, you know, what what is this team going to be? As I said, with all the teams in this division, very difficult to see what they're going to be because there's been so many changes, uh, you know, mm-hmm. at key positions for all of these uh, teams. Um, so we'll come on to the final team in the NFC South is, of course, the Atlanta Falcons. They finished 7-10, and 10, as already mentioned, with a points differential of minus 21, second best in the entire division. Uh, now, the Atlanta Falcons last year started off with two losses, then a two wins, then went loss win, loss win, loss win. It, it's the same. It's almost like reading a carbon copy of every other team in this division, where it's just win one week, lose the next, win one week, lose the next, win a couple, lose a couple. It's it's very, very difficult for this team to do anything right. Now, we, I mentioned that the Saints have got some talent. Uh, the Falcons might be the most talented offense in this division. Maybe the Buccaneers, because as I say, the phone mentioned Mike Evans and, and, and Godwin. Um, but the, the youth on this Falcons team is really good. Drake London, uh, as we mm-hmm. mentioned, We've got um, the Kyle Pitts. Uh, the running game last year was immense for Atlanta. They had yeah. a fantastic running game, uh, particularly with Cordell Patterson doing what he does best coming out of the coming out of the backfield there. Um, and they were—I mean—they rushed for you know week one two hundred and one yards, uh, week four two hundred and two yards, one hundred and fifty-one, one six eight, one six seven, two zero one, one three eight, one four nine, one six seven. 146-231-115-132-174. That was their rushing totals last year. That's ridiculously good. And we mentioned last week about the Bears rushing attack. The Falcons were abs- running over everyone and yet finished 7-10 and 10 primarily because of the quarterback play. Now, last uh-huh. year, as we know, Marcus Mariota was there. It didn't work out. Re- I mean, that was a, you talk about a failed experiment that backfired so spectacularly badly for the Atlanta Falcons. They've now got the young guy, Desmond Ritter, yep. who looks like he's going to be the day one starter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know what to make of him. <laughs> I sound like I'm just repeating myself on every team. Don't know what to make of them because of the quarterback situation. I'll need to wait and see, maybe by week sort of two, three, four, to see what Reddit has got, see what he can be, and see if they can take advantage because the 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 skill players are there in Atlanta. They are absolutely there. Let's just wait and see what happens with them. But I'll put it to you, Dave. The Falcons. I think they get better. Do you think they improve or do you think they fall off a bit or just stay the same? I I think they, they have to improve. It can't get much worse than Marcus Mariota. Um, but yeah, I, I did also hear that. I think Mariota is throwing for the Eagles at the moment in training camp, which is an interesting one for a, a, a potential backup. Um, you, you, I mean, you've basically, all my notes you basically completely said already because Cal Pitts, Cordell Patterson, uh, Drake London, and of course the highest paid running back in the entire league in Bijan Robinson, which just is wrong. But, you know, it, he's, it's not his fault where they picked him. It's not his fault about the state of the market. But the Falcons also, um, they made a good few acquisitions from in the division in uh, preseason. So, um you know, they've taken in Jesse Bates, which I think is a fun, he's one of the best safeties in the league. I, th- I, I think that's a, an amazing uh, signing for them. Uh, they did sign Kalias Campbell, but I think he's gone down injured. Uh, I, I vaguely remember in the last week or so reading Kalias Campbell's gone down injured and he could be out for uh, quite a while. Um, they also signed uh, David Onyemata and Caden Ellis from the Saints, uh, along with uh, Ryan Nielsen, who comes over as defensive coordinator. From the Saints. So they've kind of cherry-picked what they want from the Saints. And do you know what? I, I'm i making the Falcons the favourites for the division this year. I genuinely believe in the Falcons. I think it all comes down to, if uh, as long as Desmond Ritter is not as bad as Mariota, if he's mediocre, if he's like kind of Brock Purdy me- mediocre, I think they'll win. They'll win the division. So Brock, I, I'm, Brock I, I'm liking... Brock Purdy mediocre last year. Brock, Pur- Brock Purdy is a dime a dozen. Dime a dozen. Hang on, I'm getting back on the Brock Party hype train. Oh, d- listen, Brock, Brock, the man was you- undefeated in the regular season, and then won his playoff game, goes to the NFC Championship game, gets injured, and they lose without him. Brock Party could be playing I- in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, I don't think that was the that was the reason they lost though. That, is, Purdy, a, that is exactly like, why they lost that game. <laughs> Brock Party, telling you, going out injured. You'll never convince me otherwise. I'm all aboard. Yeah. Hype green. If, if, if only we knew some 49er fans that we could ask. I mean, I mean, I, do you I, know what? Sadly, Nick, sadly, I'm surrounded. I you know in the NFL uh, sphere. I, I seem to bump into them everywhere I go. Ennis, that we very sadly no longer work with, but, you know, he had questionable taste in the NFL. Uh, we've got this Jamash podcast, Mr. Cameron himself, who we tried to convince to change the Jets. No, you, uh, he, you uh, tried okay, to convince. I tried to convince him, but he also despises Aaron Rodgers. Therefore, I think that I may have to change tack and... I don't know. The Texans are looking at an amazing team this year, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> we can well, what we can do but, is we can uh, we can see if we can get Cameron on for next week. We'll we'll ask him if he'll come and join us uh, for some friendly banter here on the Win uh, show, and maybe not so friendly as far as Dave's concerned. Um, no comments. But Desmond Ritter, yes, De- we, yeah, yes, we have. Let's to go back get back to Desmond, to Desmond Ritter. Ritter. I I think he, I mean 
for some reason, they are really happy with what they've seen in practice. So if they're, if they're really happy with him, and he started, which he's, he is going to start week one as long as he remains healthy. Uh, that, that's, it's been confirmed. I th- I, I'm picking them now. I think the Falcons will win the division. Well, I was about to ask you, Dave, for your uh, picks <laughs> for the division. So can you give me a, a one to four, first to worst for the NFC South, please? I'm going for the Falcons, 10 and 6. Okay. Uh, I'm going for the Saints, 8 and 9. Uh-huh. I'm going for the Buccaneers, 7 and 10. Mm-hmm. And I'm going for the Panthers, 7 and 10. I think it'll still be close, but I think the Falcons will win it. Uh, I'm pretty close to you, actually. Uh, although I have the Saints winning this one with uh, 10 and 7. I've got the Falcons at 9 and 8. And I've got mm. uh, both the Panthers and the Bucks at 7 and 10 next year. I don't, I don't think the yeah, Panthers... Just swap, swap the top two. Basically just swapping them around. I don't see the Panthers improving. Uh, as I say, I, I need to see it, as I've already said. But I, mm. I honestly, I think Derek Carr will do well in New Orleans. I think he will. Now, I could be wrong. I know it's very rare that that ever happens. <laughs> but... What are you laughing? Uh, I, I, sorry, that I, I don't know. I must have. Do not bring up last funny. year's predictions. Don't uh, don't do it. Right. Um, it's very rare that I'm wrong, and I appreciate that. But it does happen, so I could be wrong. Uh, but mm. yeah, I've got the Saints just just pipping the fall. I'm with you on the Falcons. I think they improve, uh, but I think the Saints just that a little bit more consistent will uh, pip that one by one game and that is our nfc south deep dive so we come to our final segment dave and it is of course random stats random stats random stats yeah yeah we haven't had tim on in a long time yeah well we've got a few weeks until the season kicks off see what he's up to yeah maybe get him on for one of the pre-season ones um now the, um, the first random stat, actually, Jake sent me a random stat. So I'm going to do mm. Jake's first because he's not here. So he said he sent it. And you know, Jake always likes to do his about the division that we're talking about. So his random stat, uh, this is fantastic. Between 2013 and 2015, the Carolina Panthers won three straight division titles. Yeah. But did not have back-to-back winning records. And you kind of wonder, how is that even possible? That says a lot about the state of the division at the time well, rather it, than the Panthers. It, 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 kind of, it kind of does. Now, then there's an addendum to that. The Panthers have never had back-to-back winning seasons. Going all the way back to their first season of 1995. It's never happened. They've actually, I mean, you have to wonder sometimes how that's possible. But with the years in question, in 2013, they went 12 and 4, mm-hmm. won the division. 2014, they went 7, 8 and 1 and won the division. And 2015, they went 15 and 1, won the division. The following year, they went 6 and 10. And then the following year, 11 and 5, won the division. <laughs> it's, unfortunately, 2017 is the last time they had a winning season. That 11 and mm. 5. So you, you mentioned it earlier on that Cam Newton was the last quarterback they had uh, when they were a, a good team, as it were. Um, but yeah, Carolina Panthers have never 
had back-to-back winning seasons, despite the fact that they won three straight division titles between 2013 and 2015. And that is Jake's random stat. Quite an incredible one. It's 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 just, I mean, it's a it's a, it's a bookmaker's dream when you cannot predict a team what was going to happen to a team. But uh, um, I I mean, we the, between the Panthers and the Colts, they're being added to the list of questionable organizations. And I think the Panthers, because of the longevity of their hot and cold seasons, and they are the epitome of hot and cold, as we as we've discussed already. So great stats, but. God, the poor Panther fans. I know. I was like never knowing what your team's going to do. You're like, oh, exactly. no idea. It could be rubbish. It could be great. Don't know. Nobody yeah. knows. Yeah, so, it's like yes. 2022 Broncos. That's a, oh. <laughs> that was a low blow, Dave. It's, low it's, blow, it's, Dave. it's it's not a lie. Why don't uh, Why don't you go next for, it, for <laughs> random? <laughs> I go stats. first. Okay. You horrible all right, so, man. No, not at all. Now, 2020. We'll go back three years ago. The Jets made a trade to the Seahawks. Now, the, Jet, the, Jet, the Jets traded Jamal Adams, star defensive back, and a 2022 fourth-round pick to the Seahawks. In exchange for safety Bradley McDougald, a first-round and a third-round pick in 2021, and a 2022 first-round pick. Okay, so that, that's quite, it's quite a heavy deal for Jamal oh. Adams. So that was quite a lot. Now, what I want to say is what the Jets turned those picks into. Because the Jets ended up using those picks for Garrett Wilson and Elijah Vera Tucker. Now, last season, Wilson put up 1,103 receiving yards and won Offensive Rookie of the Year. And Elijah Vera Tucker allowed just one sack over 276 pass-blocking snaps. Nice. Amazing output. While... Jamal Adams played just one game and recorded three total tackles. That's rough. That is it just uh, I, the, the 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 polar opposites of that trade bring other ones into you know it puts it right up there with the kind of one-sided traits. But I when I I was reading that and I fact check it, I just thought that's that's just incredible. Like I, I cannot believe that's even true. But yeah, that is my random stat. So the Jets. Massively outsmarted the Seahawks, and for once, the Seahawks do not get the good end of a trade. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not doing. I'm not. That <laughs> warms my cockles. I'll tell you that just to hear that. It does. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, that's a that's a good. I I had no idea that Jamal Adams. I knew Jamal Adams didn't like do anything, but I didn't realize that yeah, he had one game and had three tackles. Yeah, but was, was it know, just, I think did it, he just get injured or something? I think it was injury. Yeah, oh, he was he was out for most, the majority of the season. Pretty but terrible. That. Yeah, I mean, what what a way to get you know some top players, um, like, you know, brilliant off- offensive lineman and the offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. True, true. There we are. Nice one. Thank you very much, Dave. Uh, so my random stat is more of a, it's more of a story. There's no actual mm. statistics involved in this stat. So it's more of a random fact than an actual stat. Now, as we know, recently there's been an awful lot of talk about contracts. Uh, sir, I must have missed that. And Justin Herbert's contract. Do you have the, the number in front of you again? What Justin uh, Herbert's was? Five, five years, 
262.5 million dollars yeah. okay which makes him the richest player in the history of the nfl wow which begs the question 30 years ago who was the richest player in the nfl and how much was their contract for so i thought to myself how does this contract actually compare to previous contracts? So I went back in time. No, actually, I didn't like get in a time machine and go back in time. But I might as well have done because this is even more outlandish than that. This is actually from the 24th of December, so Christmas Eve, 1993. Someone got a really nice Christmas present. Oh. Troy Aikman. Of the Dallas mm. Cowboys. Now I know you know who Troy Aikman is. My part of him. Troy Aikman. On the 24th of December. 1993. Became the richest player in NFL history. Agreeing to a 50 million dollar. Eight year. Contract. With the Dallas Cowboys. At the time he was 27. Over eight years. Over eight years. Years. $50 million. He made him the richest player in the history of the NFL. He received $11 million sign-in bonus. Salaries mm-hmm. would range from $1.7 million in 1994 to $7.5 million in the year 2000. Wow. Lee Steinberg, his agent, said he's a first NFL player signed through the rest of the decade. As I say, this was 1993. Of course, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl in 1992. And by mm-hmm. this point, Christmas Eve 1993, they, they were on course to, to win that back-to-back Super Bowls. Now, Jerry Jones. So, at, before, before, I, before I carry on with this. So, it's 50 million over eight years. And... When you think that Justin Herbert got $52.5 million per year 30 years later on. More than Aikman got in eight years. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. However, you reminded me of something when you were talking about the Buccaneers. This is an addendum. Said owner Jerry Jones... I paid $65 million for the Cowboys, which he did in 1989, and $75 million for the stadium. Let it be said, we have a commitment to keeping the team together. So, Jerry Jones paid $65 million for the Cowboys, and $75 million for Cowboys Stadium, which means... He paid the same amount of money for the stadium as the Bucks have in dead cap money this year. <laughs> and he bought oh, the entire wow. franchise for $10 million less than uh, the Bucks have <laughs> the Bucks have in dead cap space. And that's $65 million he paid for the Cowboys. 1% of what the Washington Commanders went for this year. Six billion. Yep. One percent. Now, you might say to yourself, which franchise would you rather own? The Dallas Cowboys or the Washington whatever they're going to be called? 
Now, of course, if you're <laughs> a Washington, if you're a Washington just fan, if you're a Washington fan, then of course you're going to see your guys. But from an outsider looking in, you're going to be like, uh, let me think, sixty-five million for the Dallas Cowboys in 1989. So, which of course, adjusted for inflation, is more, but it's not literally a hundred times more. Washington go for six billion. In fact, the fine that Dan Snyder paid is only five million less than Jerry Jones paid for the Dallas Cowboys in 1989. And the stadium, $75 million stadium, is the same as the Bucks having dead cap money. And that is my random fact. Mm-hmm. I while you were telling the story. What I did was get an inflation calculator out uh-huh. to work it out what would it be. So Troy Aikman's contract, it was 1993 he signed it. That was 1993, $50 million. 1993. So uh, in that time period, uh, that would average out a salary of, of $13.1 million in today's money. So that's a quarter of what Justin Herbert's contract is. Still, so more, that's still more than Saquon Barkley's getting. It, 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 oh, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, even you know, Troy Aikman back then and now, and that's without inflation. However, Jerry Jones paying $65 million. Today's money, that is just shy of $160 million. And he's probably going to say, I, I'd say, I mean, you're, you're talking it could even reach like $9, 10000000000 $10 for the Cowboys. Yeah, America's uh, team. If if he was to sell the Cowboys next year, um, you've got to think they've got to go for more than than the Commanders. I mean, oh, it's, so much more. How, it's, how it's much was the Broncos? I'm sorry. How much did the Broncos go? For? How much more did I, the Broncos go for? I want to say the Broncos were they five and a half billion? Five point. I forget. Four point six five billion. Five point yeah. six five. So the Commanders. Well, see, the thing is. It's, it's the market. You know, who's got the biggest mm-hmm. market? Now, here's the thing, right? If the New York Giants were ever up for sale, 10 billion, easy. The Dallas Cowboy, 10 billion. Pittsburgh Steelers, you know? If, if Robert yeah. Kraft wanted to sell the Patriots now, because, because the name is such a big thing now. Billions and billions and billions. But the, the money is ridiculous. A hundred did you see a hundred and thirty million is what it would work out for hundred and sixty yeah just hundred and sixty million. That's ninety million less than Justin Herbert's contract. I mean you think That's, what's yeah, it, the world has gone mad. Uh, you know the the rich get richer, isn't it? It's that old cliche. It's just bonkers. I mean, it's really bonkers. But um, yeah, so I I, I saw that um, that stat, well, that fact I should say about Troy Aikman's contract, and then when I saw what he paid for the Cowboys in nineteen eighty nine, I was like, what? He actually paid more for the stadium than he did for the entire franchise. Ten million dollars more. I mean, even even if you add that in, uh, that you know, that comes up to about hundred, what one hundred and forty. So that's probably uh about 340 350 
uh, I think in fifteen for for both the stadium. Uh, for, let, let's let's not kid about for one of the most iconic stadiums in the entire United States, arguably the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, it's they're they're shrewd business investment. But I think at this point, he just doesn't care about the money, and he's just he, he loves what he's doing. Who can blame him? Jones. Yeah, I don't think he's had to worry about money for a long time. I don't. I I, I I'd love to ask him how much is a pint of milk. That's exactly what I would ask. He wouldn't even he know wouldn't... what a pint of milk looked like. He'd be like, what the <laughs> heck is that? Never I've, seen I've that got, before. I've got, I've got 400 uh, cows that just bring me my milk in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> so he's, he's got like lackeys going out milking cows for him and bringing it straight to his, to his breakfast oh. table. Yeah, I don't absolutely. think Jerry Jones is shopping, uh, you know, in the co-op at any point in time soon. I'm saying that. Co-op's really expensive these days. Even Jerry would be like, okay, can, oh, what's going you, on here? Can you imagine Jerry Jones and Aldi? Just like, it's like, what is this place? <laughs> Just, oh, what, what am I? What have I done wrong? But yeah. No, I mean, it, it's sure business and the NFL is just, it's become so global. It's just mind-boggling at this point but you yeah. know jay jones is jay jones he is a mind-boggling individual at the best of times even without money yeah he is indeed he's uh he's a he's a strange character is uh is old jerry uh so there we are dave uh now has anything happened over the past sort of hour and a half while we've been on that we're not aware of need to check twitter obviously make sure that Jerry World hasn't collapsed into the sea or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Oh, um, they're doing the top 100 players um, oh, that's list at the moment. <laughs> we won't get into it because we don't have time. We can maybe bring it up next week. Uh, it's I'm seeing some of the positions of players and I'm just thinking that's uh, absolutely just horrendously bad. You wonder what's going on there. But um, we won't uh, get into there is, it. There is one new bit of news, though. Oh, ho, oh, oh. Joe Burrows was has just been taken off the field uh, with a possible with a possible calf injury. Uh, so obviously no prognosis yet, but the pictures have just come out in the last hour um, about Joe Burrow being um, helped off the field with a calf injury. Ooh, ooh, so that's a keep an eye on that one definitely because oh, uh, and obviously his contract situation, he's going to be the next man up for that massive contract, and I think he he surely has to surpass. Justin Herbert. There's just no way about around it. He has to. I mean, you'd think so, wouldn't you? You'd Although in saying that, Justin Herbert got more than Jalen Hurts, got more than Lamar Jackson, so and it's an interesting one. When all is said and done, we were all shocked at Deshaun Co- uh, Watson's contract. Mm-hmm. And he's he's probably not even top five now. I think he might be fifth, you know. I mean, I think is he, is he fifth, he's yeah. probably fifth. And, yeah, I think he's and fifth. Patrick Mahomes is falling like a stone <laughs> in the payment I don't, ranking. I think he's. I think he's outside the top ten now. Oh That's how my word! Disgusting words. it is. I think he's around the ten mark. He might be, you know, nine, eleven Honestly, kind of thing. But when I mean, we're talking about Joe Burrow. When when they redo Mahomes' contract, it's just going to be ridiculous. It has. It's going it should, to. I, I it mean, it's it's going to be ridiculous it already is ridiculous half a billion dollars over 10 years he's what two years into it and it's very team friendly now (laughs) it's extremely team friendly we said it we said it at the time 
team friendly. Anyway, uh, I think that'll do us, Dave. Uh, best best wishes to Joe Burrow there. My goodness, hope you're okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing we don't want to see at all, of course, is injuries, especially in in, in training camp before the season even kicks off. That's just that's awful for players. Uh, so everybody out there, stay safe. Dave, thank you very much for tonight. Pleasure always, buddy. Um, next week, as I say, we're going to be doing our NFC West deep dive. We're going to try and get a Cameron Hobbs on from the Stramash yeah. podcast. Uh, uh, you're going to love that, Dave. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a 49ers fan. Um, and um, so we're going to be both riding the Brock Party high plane, although maybe he doesn't like Party. He might like Lance. You might think Trey Lance is a better player. Anyway, doesn't matter. That'll be on next week. Um, thank you to everyone for listening, and we will see you on next week's edition of the WinFL Show.